You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Health in a Cell Part 2. Chris and I got into a number of, uh, of discussions in Part 1 with wrestling and the vaccine. Hope you're ready for this one. We go much, much further, and the hot takes are especially hot. Without further ado, this is Health in a Cell Part 2. Um, and then the dental appointment, I was like, oh, damn. at the dental appointment, I was, I knew what was coming cause I, I have a mirror, you know, right? <laughs> what I, so I'm getting all anxious about that. But the people at uh, this Monarch Dental, very, very nice. My dentist is a, an, an intense, assertive Korean lady. I just trust her. You know, you go just, now. No, you gonna you gonna bite in that sandwich, pull, and pull, it's gonna break. I pull tooth now. But she's nice, and she does her thing, and and I didn't mean to be racist right there, but it's just it's funny because she's a character. Listen, people talk like a redneck, like I am all yeah. the time. Nobody worries about that. Come on. But but I knew I was in good hands was uh-huh. the thing. So the anxiety came down. But then I was embarrassed about my teeth, and I should be, but. If you're out there and you smoke and you I'm talking to wrestling fans, so of course y'all have bad teeth. So <laughs> Now that we is, just lost now, listeners. Now that's a little I, racist. I don't give a shit. It's not racist, it's wrestling fans. Like uh, like I know some of y'all smoke and drink. Dude, you're and, talking directly rednecks. Uh, may, yes, maybe. But take care of your fucking teeth. Just in the in the I had this back molar decay and I just have the root in there now. And I figured, fuck it, it's not hurting. Fuck it, I'll just take care of it every day. Mouthwash, brush, I'm not going to let it get infected. That's what I do, bro. It's a silent fucking killer. So basically, <laughs> open that mother light. Basically, what can happen is, and then my friend Dan told me about this, and this is why I scheduled the dentist appointment, uh, plaque can build up in that gum, get into that root, that root connects to the bloodstream, it goes into the bloodstream, builds plaque up on your, your heart, heart yeah. and you just fucking drop. Yeah. So I went and got it. Now I got to get other teeth Dude, pulled. that's exactly the way I want to go. No, fuck that. <laughs> I, you, yeah, but right now you're like 50-something. Yeah. I'm I'm 33. Th- oh, Jesus. I'm 33, and I got like a loving wife, and I don't want to put... I understand. Like, like, the pain of someone dying suddenly is unimaginable, but the pain of someone dying suddenly when it could have been prevented, right. probably even worse. You yeah, know? that's uh, that, that's definitely something that uh, you that, know should be concerned about. You'd have a loved one that's not only like grieving over your death, but also bitter and angry at you that you were too stubborn to go do something about right. it. And that's why I made the dentist appointment because I was like, man, if I if I don't wake up tomorrow, cool, it's been a solid life, but I leave this person in so much pain and anger that it yeah. would just completely destroy them. Well, you you know when you're younger and like at, at age 33, I didn't really have uh, didn't have the concern about this. Oh, stuff no, so you much, were hitting your you were getting you know, hit getting with hit barbed wire bats. I didn't hit over the head and chairs. So I mean, no, but, but I understand. But I understand. at the at the same point with the anxiety, the anxiety is what made me make yeah. the dentist appointment and save my life. So with the anxiety, sometimes with the anxiety of being on stage doing comedy, sometimes right. the anxiety can drive you. When you're fooling around on stage, sometimes that anxiety puts you in a fucking zone. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, uh, 
and never felt like this as a wrestler. Yeah. But uh, as like, um, as a performer in comedy, you see so many people that are so. That, listen, this this I compare this to any type of a, a physical um, challenge, like um, like uh, doing a martial art or uh, working out at the gym. Mm-hmm. You, you can't get better. The only reason, the only way to get better is to constantly do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, right now, I don't have the ability to do it as much as I want to. And so, therefore, um, when I do perform and I have a tough time, which it doesn't happen often. I mean, it's happened more in the last month. But I feel like it might be a point of a break, a breakthrough, maybe, you know, advancing myself and, you know, maturing myself a little bit more in comedy, you know, um, and learning from the situation. But and also, you're better at audible hearing and audible learning, which is an advantage doing comedy. Right. Because everything you do requires an audible response right. when you're on stage. And I need to be more comfortable, but it's funny because if I hit a hiccup, if I... If I would hit a hiccup in the wrestling ring, I would go, like I said, crowd hold, figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in control. I mean, that this crowd is, I'm controlling this crowd. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I do comedy, um, if I have a hiccup and I look into the eyes of the people in the crowd, I go, oh, they're figuring out I'm not very good at this. No, that's you know what not, I'm saying. That's not it at all. I, but that's that's it's, it's just me, my mental, mm-hmm. my mental block of of, and I'm sure I'm people deal with the, it constantly. I'm going to tell you what the crowd's thinking when you first get on stage. When you personally first get on stage, and you've done a good job of it. You dress nice, um, but what the crowd thinks. Every, when the, when I get up on stage, the crowd doesn't know what to think because I have long gray hair, yet I look so young. And I know that when I first go up on stage. So I tell a self-deprecating joke about myself to let them know, hey, it's cool. The I don't joke. Yeah. yeah or before, before that, it was a Stranger Things kid joke. Before right. that, it was a raccoon. It's, it's always something. I like to change it up every now and then because if I'm not, then I'm not a fucking original person. Right. With you, the crowd is thinking, wow, this is a big fucking dude. Is a big scary dude, and another comic I found had this problem as well. Uh, he doesn't. I don't think I ever told him he had this problem because he just naturally got out of this problem. But Mikey B, when Mikey B would first take the stage, by the way, shout out to Mikey B. What's up, Mike? Mikey B, to uh, like the I always thought the crowd thought he was a scary looking because he's big and he's got the he's got the hair. He looks like a bouncer, but Mikey B just naturally got out of that. Uh, that vibe he gave out when he first got up on stage. First impression that you say, well, mm-hmm. sometimes when Mike gets on stage, and, and, I, and when, I, when I first met Mike, he kind of gave off this uh, um, kind of vibe of, uh, listen, I don't like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's not Mikey But B. that's really, yeah. like, once you get to know Mikey, mm-hmm. he's a real sweet guy. Yeah. And, but... Uh, but he and did, funny as fuck. Funny I love as Mikey. Fuck, yeah. yeah, go see him if he's uh, but that's the same or some of the local clubs. Go see Mikey. That's B. the same mentality they have with you because you're a, you're a big dude, all right. But what also helps that first joke is when you tell them you're a former professional wrestler. Then they go, oh, okay. But like they warm up to you because you're in the suit coat. You've dressed professionally for them, all right? And 
So they're never going to think to themselves, oh, he's bad at what he does. Because you had the awareness of wearing something nice and presenting Putting yourself. myself together a exactly. little bit. Exactly. So you got to drop that stressful, paranoid thought. It's, it's once I, again, it's, an, it's, it's my own personal anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I don't you know. you got to harness that personal anxiety and turn it into performance energy. And I know I sound like a fucking Scientologist or something right now, but that's what I did. I always have a little bit of anxiety before I go on stage right. because that there's this factor of I don't know what's going to happen, and that makes you me don't. uncomfortable. You really don't. You but do. you just turn it into energy. You turn it into this, well, I don't give a fuck. We're going to have a good fucking time type of energy. And it comes with confidence, and confidence comes with taking the stage more and more, and just getting yeah, better. it's all time. So, time so and when, experience. In your first couple wrestling matches, were uh-huh. there in, was, did you have anxiety? Of course. Okay. You know. And then it went away. Right. What if I told you the anxiety was still there, though? Even if you didn't feel it. Right. You know, 10 years in, your anxiety is still there. Because, sure. again, you don't know what's going to happen out there. But you use that energy, and you, I mean, you use that anxiety, and you turned it into energy, and you were able to perform a good wrestling match. Right. It's the same thing. Right. It's the same. The parallels of comedy and wrestling. Why they're incredible? Because it's in front of a live crowd, <laughs> and Ralphie's sniffing Ralphie the fucking microphone. Oh my! This motherfucker doesn't have anxiety. Ralph, <laughs> didn't, Ralph Ralphie didn't wants to be on the podcast. He doesn't bark. <laughs> he doesn't bark. He doesn't do. That's what I love about him. But, um, but yeah, it's just something you're going to learn with time, man. Yeah, you know, I'm, and I know that uh, the more I'm on stage, it's going to help. So uh, What's helping is this conversation, because now everything I've told you, you're going to, you're an hopefully, audible. Hopefully, and I, lean, I, need audible to, I need to learn, learner. I need to learn sometimes how to step out of my. Uh, comfort zone. Yeah, my comfort zone was about, because, you know, like, you know, if my, if my, if my bits are going good. I tend to be comfortable. Mm, of course. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If my bits are, are shit in the bed, like, listen, I but realize. If you're bombing, don't worry about yeah, it. You know you're never I mean? going to see those people again. And if you do, it's because they enjoyed your set. So well, think of it like that. Well, I know. It's, and you know, it's not the people that I worry about. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the comics and the fucking manager of the club. And it's all those people that I think about. Oh, you know man, manager of the club, legit, legit fucking worry. Other comics, don't even fucking, no. It's not even something. Because they all, we all eat shit. Because we all eat we shit. We all right. eat shit. And the manager, I mean, you can have some anxiety on what the manager thinks. Because it's like, oh, well, this set's not going to get me booked. But the next one might... See, and that's the deal. It's like, uh, it's you always like in, get a second chance. And it, it reminds me of when I was in the sales business. Mm-hmm. Oh, sales business gave me fucking exactly. Well, I didn't, did me too. Mm-hmm. But it's like the more, the, the more no's you get, the closer you get to that yes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I know that my fucking writing's good. Mm-hmm. Although I need to write more. Always. And, uh, but I know that, uh, you know, my, my sets are good. The sex, you know, it's just like, and, and depending on the crowd, it's just, it was, it was a bad night. Yeah. And it happens. Right. Who gives a shit? Right. So. It's a bar show. I know. You got two listen, free drinks, probably. No, I, well, I did not pay for my drinks. You but, got $20. Yeah. I got something. Yeah. Who so, gives? Like, so, like, it's not something to harp on. So it's I go just like the show. wrestling business. I go to a bar show. I fucking bomb. I'm just like, ah, whatever. It's a fucking bar Of show. course. But for not me. Not like Jim Jeffries going to be in this for, motherfucker. For me, 
when I fucking eat shit, I wake up the next morning. It's the first thing I think about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's important to me. It's important. It's not only important to me uh, at, that I do well. It's important to me that I improve. Do you think about it and you shiver? Like you just go, ugh. Yeah. yeah. So like when yeah. I have a bad set I go, now. Oh, I get douche chills. When I, <laughs> I like that. You know what I'm saying? Douche chills. Yeah, you know when you're around a real douchebag and you go, ugh. You've been doing that since we've started the podcast. Not you, no, Dan. Not you, Dan. Um, so, so when I have a bad set, like you're going to know it because I'll immediately come off the stage and be like, whoa. I really ate shit there. That's exactly what I did. I came <laughs> off and leaned over to the first comment and go, wow, I really ate dicks up the next there, morning, didn't I? the next morning, I don't like shiver or cringe about it. I think about it like a quarterback that just lost a game. It was just a bad game. And I, I analyze, okay, what could I have done differently? I never blame the crowd because ultimately it's on me. Yeah, ultimately it's not their at fault. At some point, I couldn't turn the crowd. I tried, but at some point, I couldn't turn the crowd. So I sit there and I go, okay, well, for next time, how do we turn the crowd? And I think of more self-deprecation jokes or I think of some topical humor that right. maybe will last right. a couple weeks, whatever, or something that can stick around for a couple months, maybe a year. I think of just recovery lines and just... Ultimately, I like a quarterback, I think of audibles, and I think of different ways to, I don't know, get the running game going or get the passing game going. Yeah, you just, know, that I just, type of thing. I don't, uh, I think right now, um, here's the great thing. When I see a really great comic, mm-hmm. um, I go, wow, that's a real fucking goal to shoot for. Oh, thank you, you very much. You know what I'm saying? I, I try well, my I mean, you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, it, it you know, it gives you something to strive for. Yeah. Um, when, when I, but, but I've seen guys that have a whole lot more experience than me go up there and struggle. It happens. So you, you see that also, you go, Oh, this shit never stops. Mm -mm. Like this shit. I bomb most of the time at Heinz open mic. Heinz open mic is the only place where I can consistently bomb. I have one good set here and there. But, like, most of the time, I go up there with no fucking... Man, I had to go up after the that whole, and we're not going to bring it up, the whole hyenas incident. Why not bring it up? Because it's not my story to tell. I mean, I was there, but there were people involved that need some help. Okay. And talking about that person. Well, we don't have to, well, let's, let's, let's kind of explain to the people what exactly. There was, let's, there was a, there was a comic that. Because there's uh, people that, there's people that listen to this. Okay. That don't know anything about the, the, uh, you know, the comedy community here in there there was a there was a comic that showed up and he's he's going through a lot and he's under the influence uh uh, seemingly under the influence of a of a lot of shit and he's in his i think he's in the middle of his going going through a lot of stress going through his rock bottom he shows up under the influence he sucker punches another comic that was hosting the block gets into a fight in the showroom with another comic and some audience members, there was a whole big dramatic situation, and I had to go up like three people after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was completely thrown off my game, be- and and the audience wasn't going to see anything more no, they entertaining. Weren't, they were no. The, the audience was, was just like, "This is awesome. this, point. this is open mic fight night. This is amazing." And I'm thrown off of I the I so shit. wish I'd have been there. I had never, I, I don't think there was ever, well, there was a situation back in Comedy, Texas, where uh, uh, 
there was a woman on pills in the crowd, and she caused a big scene at our open mic. And as her boyfriend, and this is Beaumont, Texas, uh, carrying her out on his shoulder, and like he dropped her on her head, and there's like this whole big thing. And I think then we he had told to, me that story. I think we discussed this. I with think we did discuss Slade it with Slade. And and we, the show had to go on, and oh my god, it was fucking. It was, but I hadn't experienced that in like 10, 15 years. Right. So I didn't know exactly how to put, how to, and every, the people that were in up before me already made jokes about the fight and stuff. So I was just like, well, I'm not going to mention it because it's a dead horse at this point. So I'm speeding through my jokes and I'm just like, I have to talk, like, for all I know, I have to talk to cops as soon as I get off on right. stage right. because there's witness reports and shit. <laughs> So I'm just like speeding through my That's shit. Great. It was a night. It so was, you want to be a comic, huh? Well, I'll mention. Okay, Ross Day was the comic that got sucker punched. Right. The funniest fucking thing. I walked out. Sweetheart of a guy. He, no, he's an absolute sweetheart. He did not deserve a sucker punch. Whatever, but like, <laughs> I walk outside because I get done with my set. I walk outside. Ross is waiting for the cops. And uh, I was just like, man, I just ate shit. And Ra- and I swear to God, Ross says, wait, the mic is still going on? They're like, still performing They're in still there? going? I was like, yeah, Ross, we're not going to fucking, we're not going to cancel the mic because the washboard guy got hit. <laughs> and that's when The he- show must go on, Ross. Oh, just the fucking nerve. The nerve. <laughs> the, the, that's the, the, the mic That the mic would get canceled because of uh, it was just funny. He he laughed about it and he realized what I was saying and he, he came back down to earth. A new grandfather, and by the way. New grandfather. You know what he told me to do while we're waiting for the cops? Hey, could you go get my washboard? I was like, do you really want the cops seeing you standing here with a washboard? washboard? They're not gonna fucking you didn't believe hit him you. With the washboard? They're, you didn't. They're not gonna. They're gonna think you're a fucking crazy person. It's <laughs> that great. whole that whole fucking night, but. You know, uh, and if anyone out there is dealing with substance abuse, power to you. Or get just it, get a it stress lesson. If you're if you're dealing with some stress in life, because we're all, no, all dealing with it. No shame in asking for help. If I didn't ask for help, I'd still be drinking. Yeah, well, yeah, man. Uh, which which brings me to a subject that uh, I wanted to bring up. Um, uh, Abortion. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. So. Uh, um, Wow, um, something really weird happened. Uh oh. Um, I am uh, uh, probably everybody knows that uh, one of the biggest influence, like biggest influence, one of the biggest influences for you is uh, I don't Bill, know Bill Hicks. Yeah, right? I don't know where you're going with so, this. So uh, one of the biggest biggest influences for me is Ron White. Yeah. So I'm a real big fan of Ron White. Oh no! What did Ron do? Did Ron do something? Uh, Ron quit drinking. Oh. Well, good for him. Um, I saw it on a Facebook Live. Good for um, him. Ron had, I hope there's no medical issue that's um, underlying that he's what, not telling what he about. Ex- what he expressed is that, uh, you know, Ron's a very successful comedian. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, was before the pandemic was constantly on tour. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he's uh, actually one of the owners of Number One Tequila. Uh, so he's, you know, he's uh, drinks. Which that's just alcoholism fucking masking well, itself as listen, a business. No, listen, no, no. Hey. I need to put this out there. If you have any friends that are like really big into craft beer, 
That's just alcoholism masking itself as listen, a hobby. Listen, everybody's I'm, different. I no, no, like, no. I no. Be, but from what I've learned about alcohol, everybody's not different. Just the alcohol hides its alcoholism. So hides I always wanted to open way. a bar. But bro, <laughs> the, the fact that you've made it a tradition for Miller Lights to be involved in this podcast Are you is telling me I'm an alcoholic. Some way, shape, or form, alcoholism. Come on. <laughs> I might be stretching it on that, but. No, for Ron to quit drinking is great because. So here's here. Let me ex, let me kind of explain. Uh, he mentioned that uh, um, that uh, you know he been to the doctor and the doctor mentioned to him you know he's in his sixties and mm-hmm. uh, and he's a daily drinker mm-hmm. and uh, not unlike myself and uh, and uh, he uh, and the doctor mentioned to him that you know he he didn't mention in particular that there were some issues, but I'm assuming that, you know, there were probably some uh, uh, raised levels, like maybe, you know, I don't know, I'm just guessing, um, you know, maybe some liver issues or mm-hmm. something like that. Well, you know, hey, your liver and your heart and your lungs, they all work together. So, uh, I think... And he, I, I can I th- go deep into the medical issue he, of the liver. I think he, he'd been... Uh, think he'd been probably dabbling with this you know he's also a pot smoker and and, and a cigar smoker and and uh well the cigars is what gave rush limbaugh the fucking lung cancer well anyway so the point was is that, <laughs> you just want to get off the uh, rush yeah. limbaugh thing so I'm just, i hate he, to bring up a yeah. sad story <laughs> yeah. shut up dan okay um bad. so uh so he, no he mentioned that uh, he he mentioned that uh, he had uh, kind of been thinking about it for a while yeah. and thought that maybe he'd kind of push the envelope a little farther than uh, you know he wanted to and he he was really thinking about his health. Mm-hmm. So um, he planned uh, a uh, trip to Brazil and uh, did a whole week of uh, ayahuasca therapy. Yeah. So um, I think it probably helped him out. And he, listen, I'm just kind of paraphrasing what I've, you know, heard on this last couple, um, uh, um, you know, uh, Facebook lives, which he does pretty regularly. And uh, I know he's in Austin this weekend. And uh, but uh, you know, listen, it's like, gosh, you know, I mean, I guess he came to the point where he's like, hey, man, I need to take inventory of my life. And, Absolutely. And, and I don't think, you know, it wasn't that uh, wasn't that uh, his life was out of control. No. I think that uh, he was just kind of leaning towards a health, uh, you know, that he needs to kind of take inventory the of his doctor, health because he's in his 60s. The doctor told him something about his, his probably his, uh, it's probably his filtration system in his kidneys or his liver where it, in the liver where it makes the chemical where it makes the liquid into the bloodstream you know the way the liver function he probably got some confirmation that yeah ladies and gentlemen dr dan well okay so you brought up the liver this reason the liver is very important because yes Uh, it works hold on hold on because it works with the heart and everything functions together. sure that's basically what kind of what he's leaning the problem problem. with alcohol the one of the biggest problems with alcohol is that you could drink it moderately you can drink it Every single fucking day. You can only drink on the weekends. The problem with it is that it's a poison. And it's a poison that doesn't get out of your liver until three days, two days. It's it, it's the longest. 
it's out of all the liquids, it stays in your liver the longest. Now, the reason my mom passed away was because she drank every single day and she didn't give her liver a break. She never gave her liver a break. So what the what happens is when your liver takes that long to process that liquid and you're just guzzling it down, the liver expands. And eventually the liver expands to a point where it can't process it. And that's where cirrhosis comes into play. So cirrhosis comes into play and your heart and all your other organs it's very key that that liver works. So when the liver doesn't work, the other organs start to malfunction, right? Yeah. Now, the reason you don't want to get blacked out drunk and the reason your hangovers, you have a headache in the morning, is because alcohol will fucking expand your brain because it gets into your bloodstream, right? It's also, it dehydrates you. It dehydrates you. It expands that headache you have when you have a hangover. That's your brain fucking swollen. I, I don't have a headache. I don't have hangovers. You have a hangover, you just don't feel it. And that's another dangerous thing with uh, with people that drink alcohol. People that drink alcohol that don't have hangovers, they just think, oh, I'm not. A-. Yeah, you are having a hangover in some way, shape, or form. You're probably not feeling it. It's like being asymptomatic with COVID. You don't have the symptoms, but it's there. So I'm asymptomatic. Maybe. Uh, do you have any gastrointestinal stuff? Like when you wake up from a night of drinking, do you have the shits or does your stomach not feel right? Um, Sometimes, not all the time. Not all the time, no. Yeah, but that's a form of a hangover. Gotcha. And most people relate hangover to like, oh, headache and drowsiness. No, it, it's Nausea. Your, yeah, it's, no, but it, it, it can be your gastrointestinal uh, uh, system. It can just be in your, it could be a swollen brain from a headache. But blackout, blackout nights of drinking are terrible for your brain. I've done that. I've never done that. I don't think. You've never done that. You've never had. You've never uh, had... maybe once or twice in my lifetime, okay. but m- m- mostly probably in my younger years. See, but... you're you're talking to Doctor Blackout right here, dude. Like I, that, I mean, listen. I would skip if I could meals. black out, I'd probably be much happier. Mm. Oh no, it was fun. Those were my most fun nights being blacked out, drunk, doing funny shit with my friends. <laughs> but the the brain cells it was killing. Sure. And over over time, drinking alcohol affects your decision making. It affects your logic. It affects your critical thinking. You know, because you you are preventing certain substances uh, and certain chemicals in your brain from being released. Right. So, like, usually when you meet a terrible alcoholic, their life's in the shitter, and it's not because they're choosing alcohol every over everything. Right. But at the same time, yeah, it is. Right. Because there was there were days I was having where I would strategize. Not my first meal, but my first drink. You see that terrible reasoning, that terrible decision-making. Oh, I'm going to walk out on this job. It's pissed me off. When the responsible thing is to give the two weeks notice and find another job. Sure. Decision-making like that, that's alcohol affecting your brain. So it's good for Ron White to quit Well, I just got to say that, like, um, you know, it's like... uh, I know he's probably been thinking about it for a long time. Honestly, it was probably the weed. It was probably him sitting around being stoned and thinking about what alcohol does to him and going, you know what? I like pot. And two, it's a good thing that, like, you know, I mean, listen, uh, I'm not a pot smoker, uh, probably because I can't because of my regular job, but, but, uh, we'll work on that. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, Donate to the podcast so Chris can yeah, get on. Yeah, would you please Chris can like, so, so I can smoke pot? Um, so, uh, 
No, I think it, I, it, it, you know, it makes you reflect when you, mm-hmm. you know, one of your, uh, com- oh, like, when you're one of your comedy heroes kind mm-hmm. of uh, takes an inventory of your life, it kind of makes you think that, well, uh, well, listen, like, I think it's great. It makes you, it makes other people think, well, hey, maybe I should take an inventory. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just, you know, not just, uh, you know, alcohol, I'm a beer drinker and, you know, but it's, but just to think, hey man, maybe I need to step back and become a little more healthy. Well, that's, you know the, what I'm the, saying? The, like, the thing about society nowadays is now like, I, I truly believe everyone has addiction. And addiction is a disease. And addiction doesn't isn't just like drugs. Addiction is coffee. Addiction is sex, chocolate, ice cream. Relationships. Relationships. Yeah. It is. And the real test, the real test for, if you're a huge coffee drinker, go a week without coffee. See how fucking crazy you go. Right. And if you fucking get nuts, yeah, Ma- you're maybe addicted it's to time coffee. For, well, maybe and it's time for an inventory. It's time for an inventory, but uh, the scary thing or is maybe maybe if you're an alcohol drinker, then stop drinking alcohol and uh, start taking up fucking coffee. But the scary thing is, and we're <laughs> or going, vice versa for that matter. <laughs> we're going deep into this conversation. But the well, thing is, where did this go, I don't man? Know. You you brought up Ron White, but I just I just thought it was really I was really it was I thought it was really cool. He seemed really happy. He, of course, because he's not drinking a fucking depressant what? anymore. That's another thing. It's a fucking depressant. <laughs> Yeah, all, all the time. I want to apologize to all the alcohol drinkers well, no, that listen to the podcast. No, I'm going to throw this out there. If you suffer with depression and you fucking drink, I have no sympathy for you because you're making your fucking depression so much worse. You it's, know? Well, that's because you're an asshole, Dad. I'm not an <laughs> asshole. I've been in that scenario. And most of the people don't even don't even know that alcohol is making their depression worse. Listen, I'm I'm of the adage that uh, everybody's got to come around in their own time. You know what I'm but, saying? But the problem with alcoholism is that when you come around, it's your rock bottom. Well, sometimes sometimes it's and too some, late. But sometimes sometimes it's bottom, not. Sometimes your rock bottom is a second DWI. Hello. Sometimes your rock. How you doing there, Dan? Sometimes your rock bottom is a fucking trip to the emergency room. You would think my mom's rock bottom. That would never deter me. That's the thing. That was with my mom. My mom's. I felt like my mom's rock bottom was when she turned yellow and her fucking stomach grew. Oh yeah. Out. Now that no, would probably rock, deter me. Her rock bottom was death. And that's the God's honest scary thing about alcoholism and addiction in general. And addiction is brought on by consumerism. It is a, a disease invented by consumerism and capitalism. Because if there was no product to sell, there wouldn't be an addiction. You'd probably be addicted to berries. If we were back in the old times of picking berries and hunting and gathering, the addiction would probably be meat or berries, or, you know, you fruits and vegetables. Now. No, I'm just, no. If you look at the evolution of society, we fucking... Well, you know, we, we tried prohibition a, here in America. It didn't work out. Oh, yeah. And we lost our shit. We <laughs> lost our fucking minds when it was, like, the correct thing to do. Well, not really. I mean, it listen, is. Let's, 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 let's go to this point. The look point at is, my fucking teeth, Chris. Look at my it's fucking... It's your fault, bro. It's fucking alcoholism and smoking. Well, and you look know, at the cigarettes, bro. Could be all that meth you're doing. I never, you know, I've never done meth. I've never done meth. I'm just at kidding. All. Dan doesn't no, do meth. 
But there is, there was a, like a suspicion I had. It's like maybe I'd work a little bit harder if I just had a little hit. Yeah, I'd saw, have a fun three days. I'd get shit done. I saw a documentary this week, and like, uh, it was like all about people on math, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, you know, they're fucked up, but they seem really productive. They are. They're I'm like, very. I'm like, one guy was like wrecking his fucking front yard and shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. But at the same time, I've met a lot of homeless people that have been on meth, and I go, okay, there's a downside. You don't really know sure, how you're going right, to react to it. It well, just... Regardless, like, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying, listen, everybody's got their own choice. I'm just like... Did th- you get a better pair of headphones? I don't think so. I think you did, because those are different than the headphones that I'm supplied these, with. By these you. are the ones These are the ones that I bought, like, I don't know, six oh, okay. months ago. Okay. I uh, thought you upgraded on me and no, gave me I didn't. the pieces of no, shit. No, if okay, I do that, on. I'm going to I'll buy you one. No, um, no, no, you don't have So to. regardless... Uh, um, I just I just thought it was cool. I was like to see. <laughs> I just thought it was cool. I didn't really want to have this fucking no, no, conversation. No, I mean you know. I mean I just like listen. Uh, you know when you see somebody who's that successful. Yeah. And uh, doesn't have to make those kind of choices. And uh, when it yeah when it, you know so something. you know he's. I just want to say hey man kudos to Ron White. So kudos to him, but that doctor told him something where he said, "All right, fuck this." It's a possibility. I, I, I yeah. guarantee, goddamn to you, man. All someone needed, to, all someone needed to do for me. So all maybe I, I need was, some ayahuasca. All psh, maybe <laughs> the all, what what got me off drinking was just the education of the substance alone. When 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 yeah, I don't want to do that. The, I told my probation officer, put me in the best classes, put me, send me to the best counselor. I want to fucking. He told his probation officer. Yeah, that. you because probation officers don't want you to fail. They want to have days where they have one to two people come in. That's it. They want to work less. They don't want to fucking throw you in jail. They're on your side, and if you treat them as such, fucking, you'll get great treatment. You'll you'll get the best you you'll get care that you need. There you go. And I fucking got the care that I needed, and I wanted to know my enemy because I wasn't even thirty years old yet, and I was looking at I was looking at like okay, if I get another DWI, I go to fucking prison. Right. I'm not even thirty years old yet. Right. So I got my education down. I went to a counselor. We broke it down. Well, that's good. You know, like kudos to you too, because like. Uh, but like, anybody can do this. Well, they definitely can. They definitely can. It's it is definitely. A, it is the substance in control that puts people in denial, and that's why it's so fucking dangerous. Because it goes up there and it reworks the wirings of your fucking brain. Right. To the point where it's just like, now that I'm off alcohol, uh, I'm back to the things I loved before I drank it. Like, right. I'm really obsessed with wrestling and video games again. Mm-hmm. I really love comedy again. It's gotcha. not a fucking coincidence. It's because when I first started drinking alcohol, alcohol made it to where that was my focal point. Kind of numbs you from everything else. Numbs you from everything else. Exactly. And then you surround yourself. Like, my old drinking buddies, I have nothing fucking in common with them. Sure. I hung out with them because they were just as fucking addicted to the substance as I was, so there was no judgment on how much I drank. Relationships would break down, not because the person with me, well, sometimes the person with me was toxic, but when I would date people that were good for me, what happened? Alcohol or me? What did I choose? Alcohol. Right. That's how dangerous alcohol is. And at the time, you're not thinking like, oh, no, I love alcohol more than I love her. You start picking out shit wrong with her. That's not really a big deal at all because you don't want to see the truth. 
And that's what makes it a fucking dangerous substance. So when you bring up prohibition, yeah, it should have fucking happened and stayed because this is how they fucking control us. Alcohol, right fucking there. That's how they keep us dumb enough to be arguing with each other in Facebook comments. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm serious. Dan Danzy. I'm serious. <laughs> the knowledge that I know off that substance, it does not fucking surprise me how society is right now. God, you're making me feel bad, Dan. I'm not, I'm just not trying to make you feel bad. Enjoy your fucking Miller Lights. Just don't drink them every fucking day and don't fucking get blacked out <laughs> drunk on the weekends. You can have some. You can just know every time you're sipping, you're doing a little bit of damage to your body. Have fun. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Counting Lines Podcast. Uh, smoke some pot. Just smoke pot. I can't. Uh, well, then, you know, fucking. Smoke some oregano. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Fucking. So we've gone through wrestling. We've gone we've through. Gone... <laughs> uh, we've gone through the comedy. Get your teeth checked. Dental hygiene is important. Don't be like me and fuck around with it. I'm just. You're saying go to a dentist. Go to a fucking dentist and make sure they are an assertive Korean woman. I feel, honestly, I'm in for so much pain April 9th. I am going to be in so much pain, but it's going to be worth it. Uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, find a What I mean by an assertive Korean woman is find a dentist that knows what they're doing and is not going to judge you. So apparently uh, SmackDown is at the (laughs) lowest ratings that they've been in fucking forever probably have you seen it jesus i couldn't stomach it Mm. i can't stomach it you know wwe's biggest you know what what i think it is with wwe and i'm glad we came up to the subject because i think fans i think wwe is alcohol to some fans they just they're in denial like people in the aew comment section that just come in there to troll on aew that religious because it's not wwe because it's not wwe like okay like this Christian signing, it's a great. So let me tell you a story about Christian. Go, so, oh yeah, yeah, because you fucking know him. Go ahead. So, uh, um, like I, mean, I don't, don't, I don't know, know him really him, well. But like you've worked. But you, we've you've worked, worked in, in the we've same locker room. in the same yeah. locker room. So uh, <laughs> when Edge and Christian first started, like we were in the locker room together, and uh, um, they're everybody's getting dressed, and uh, Christian is wrapping his calves with an ace bandage both mm. calves and uh and edge goes what's wrong with your calves man he goes he was really long skinny kid right yeah he goes well he goes nothing's wrong with my calves but if i don't wrap these ace bandages around my calves my boots don't fit <laughs> <laughs> So apparently Christian has always had a problem uh, building up his calves. No, but that's legit. But I remember that. I saw a local wrestler. I can't remember. uh, Me and Seth, me and this uh, comedian, I don't know if he still does comedy. Me and Seth Brock did a a show in a wrestling ring. Like, we opened a wrestling show with comedy. That's a nightmare. No, Seth had a good set. I I chickened out. I was just like, let me, let's do a program where I interrupt and I'm the heel. We had fun. But there was a wrestler on the, on the card that uh, I guess his boots didn't fit right, and his ankle snapped on a uh, on a fucking I think it was like a flatliner, like you know, and he was supposed to just take it, so he's just supposed to fall forward. Well, the ankle, the boot didn't fit right, so his ankle stayed in place as he went down. Oh, it was nasty. Yeah. Oh, but I I fucking get that reasoning though, and I had said something like, oh, I think it may be in his boots, but I. 
dude, I think the booker bought those boots for the wrestler because when well, that, always, that guy looked at me with a hateful look. So I'm the uh, I'm I was lucky enough to ha- to get one of the last boots made by Bill Ash. Okay. Who back in the day was the only guy who made wrestling boots. Yeah. Bill Ash was out of Arkansas, and you had to actually take a drawing of your foot mm. and take a drawing of your calves. Could a picture work? No. No? no they couldn't just look at a picture? They had to dude, do it. Dude, it was back before cameras and shit. God, you're fucking old. Go ahead. Dude, so <laughs> you actually had to take a tracing your foot and put them in a package and send them to Bill Ash with your money. Yeah. And he would custom make all the wrestling boots. Sounds like a PWI man. Yeah, so thing. I was lucky enough to uh, my first rest pair of wrestling boots I got from Bill Ash, and my last pair of wrestling boots right before he stopped producing wrestling boots was one of the last boots to uh, be produced by Bill Ash. Because it's not just about it's not about like shoe size. You got to go with width of the yeah, foot. Yeah, it's width. all about custom. They were custom made. Width and, and depth. And you of could the get calf. them like you could get them. Hey. How long do you want them? Yeah. You know, how long do you do you want your uh, from from your heel to the back of your boots? How long do you want them? Do you want the short ones that are twelve inches? Mm-hmm. Do you want them? that always got eighteen inch because I have real long legs. Yeah. So uh, he would actually make those custom, make them, and you could get you know a patent leather or you could get flat leather, and you know like there was all these custom ones. You could he he was the ones that made all the uh, Cowboy boots for Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. and uh, Barry Windham, and so yeah, like uh, a. yeah, it was really cool. But uh, but on the, on the note of Christian, this is a great signing by AEW. And Miles and I talked about it a little bit, but those WWE fans are just like, oh, huh, they signed another old WWE right. guy. Well, yes and no. First of all, unlike Edge, Christian hasn't had a major neck injury that put him on the shelf, and he's a little bit younger than Edge. Also. And this is coming from a wrestling fan. That was like, he was the last uh, of the four guys in this year's Royal Rumble. So that's a great signing. So he actually, like, he came straight from, like, apparently WWE was like, like maybe paying for one night. They they had plans to sign him and they didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. See, that's that's and, that's on the organization. And it's not Christian's fault that he's not as popular as Edge. No. When Edge had his injury, they put fucking Christian on the shelf too because they've always treated him like a fucking stepbrother. Right, right. So this is a great sign. But like, so well, they probably like he probably had already been talking to mm-hmm. AEW and was had the choice to to. You know, make the choice. Hey, what am I? Paul who's who's going to who's going to sign me first? Yeah. Like everybody, that's that's the one thing we talked about. This is that in the wrestling business, notoriously, like you know, unless you're the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. like Steve Austin, McFoley, and you know the well, the Rock is another animal in himself. But you know, and you know, Ric Flair, mm-hmm. unless you're the top of the heap, like you don't have always have the ability to put that money back so you're secure. Like literally most of the guys made the money and spent the money as they made it. And I think WWE should stop treat, like they do that treatment. If this was a top star, if Christian was as big as Edge, they would have re-signed him. They're putting Edge in a WrestleMania match for the title. He's already in the Hall of Fame. 
But it's because of how they treat the. T- I wish they would treat wrestlers with the pedigree that they've already like placed on them. You know, if they should have re-signed Christian, not because of his popularity, but because that he's a seven-time Intercontinental Champion, a multi-time tag team champion, a, a world champion. He held the World Heavyweight Championship. He went to TNA. He was the TNA. He was the uh, TNA champ, and brought their highest ratings when he was TNA champ. They should treat wrestlers like... I mean, look at Paul White. Look at the big show, the giant. Look at his pedigree. He has held the world title in in the biggest three organizations that there were. WCW, <laughs> ECW, WWE. Yeah, I, and I don't titles. know when it comes to Paul White. I'm not really sure. Like, did... Was it... They no, had him had, sitting at home. Yeah, and, I, and so so that's the question. Is like, you know, I, I know he tried to do a... Uh, uh, like a situation comedy for Netflix. Oh no, he did. I mean, it Which, it was a it was on a season. It's a yeah. family friendly comedy yeah, about a wrestler. I watched. I tried it's to. Terrible. I tried to watch. It was horrible. No, we're, but, but we're not kids, right? But uh, yeah, like you know, it was very reminiscent of Full maybe house. it might have worked of it worked for like the Disney Channel or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably. But um, like, I don't know. Is it a situation where he's like, hey man, I got to make some money? No, he, he he said in an interview that, yeah, they were paying me, but they weren't doing anything with me, and I at least like to earn the money that I get. You know, AEW is going to put him in commentary, and he's going to have a Well, and he's a young man. Like, Paul's younger than I am. Yeah, but he's also got the uh, the gigantism. But he's but he's had that tumor removed. Has he? Yeah, he had that tumor oh, that must removed be why probably, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. Well, he did... However, the physical effects to his heart, I'm well, sure. the physical effects, like he, I mean, like the problem is, is that he uh, was conscious about his once again conscious about his health. Yeah, and he got that problem solved, and you know that's probably the reason that he lost all that weight a couple years lost ago. Lost all that weight, and, he's he's kind of shrunk. Yeah, you know? so I mean, it's smart. He's not he's, seven foot five anymore. That's well, for sure. and, and you know, it's really it's that physical weight. I'm telling you, once again, back to the alcoholism. Like, I, I will tell you directly that probably the reason that, that uh, Andre had so many problems is probably the, the yeah, consumption of alcohol. Booze. I mean, yeah. and, and from what I hear, never stopped. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I think Paul's it, it conscious. Might have played a factor. Yeah. So I think Paul really is conscious about uh, keeping his health in check. Mm-hmm. But, you know, honest to God, I mean, they you know, at his age, he's going to get bored. They could have made him a commentator. They could have made him a manager. Could have, would have, should have. But you've got someone there on the shelf that has had the only person, by the way, that has held the world title. I don't care if he won the ECW championship on WWE's ECW. He still, it was still the 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 right. title history is still the same. The prestige is still there, and not to mention the tag team titles, all the little all the little titles under. Uh, uh, the 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 main title that he's won, treat him with the with the pedigree that you gave him. Yeah, but you know, once again in the wrestling business, and particularly with WWE, you know when they're done with you, they're done with you. You know what I mean? And that's the bullshit behind it. That right. is such bullshit. Christian, they said, well, we're done with them because Edge is out. And that's bullshit. Because honestly, as far as technical wrestling is concerned, Christian is way better listen, of a technical he's, wrestler he's, listen, than Listen, he's, he's not an intimidating person. No. But 
listen, he can but, go. He but, can go. He he's he can go. He was never overly impressive, but he listen. He could go. But you know who who. I'm going to name some other wrestlers who weren't intimidating, but they were just fucking good. Okay. Chris Benoit, not intimidating, short, short armed, but uh, major yeah, fucking. But, but, okay, one, but the Wolverine thing, listen, I met, I met Chris Benoit. I'm dressing the dressing room with him. That motherfucker, it was, it was like, uh, I mean, you know, it was like, it was, it was like uh, being on the beach and there's a shark in the water. Okay. Okay. So. Then let me name another one. Dean Malenko, short guy. I'll agree with that. He's now he now he's probably the he best could, technical wrestler in the world. He was he could go. He could go. He Chris could go. Jericho, not intimidating. Had a rock star look yeah. to him. Christian, and then they're they're, they're starting some so Christian would, versus yeah. Kenny Omega. That's another thing. Canadian. Yeah. The 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 Canadian. The, I'm sorry, Canada can't produce a bad wrestler. Let's just can we just openly say that. Can you think of a bad Canadian wrestler? You can't. You fucking can't. Even the Mountie had moves. All right? Even the Mountie had some moves. I don't even know if that guy was really Canadian, but... Uh, yeah, he was. He was? Yeah. I'm just saying. Canadian wrestlers, great fucking pedigree to them. They're all they're all from Stu Hart's dungeon. I don't even I don't even know. I, I think Stu Hart's producing them. Uh, he's just he's busting them out of his anyway. <laughs> what do you think, Ralphie? Ralphie doesn't fucking know shit except how to fart. I'm just saying, fucking Christian is a great signing, but what one of the and this was my main point. I think one of the one of the biggest factor for people seeing that WWE is a bad product is the crowd not being there. You don't have those yeah, WWE. Yeah, they gotta change that there. quick. I mean, they're going to do it for WrestleMania. They're selling limited seating, but I think the damage has been done because Raw and SmackDown without crowds are unwatchable. Now AEW, when they didn't have a crowd, it was still watchable. Because they were putting on a good product in the wrestling ring. Well, um, we will see how this changes. Like, it definitely, like, now is the time where um, there's, there's, you know, now that the COVID is slowly and starting to come, you know, we have control of it. It's, it's fucking ridiculous that someone who had asthma had to wait a whole year for a vaccine. Well, I mean, you know, the vaccine's just recently been out. I well. Think, I think the state of Texas is like we're somewhere around 8%. And it's fucking ridiculous that the state of Texas is open, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. It's a conversation, because I'm sure you have opinions. Uh, <laughs> I definitely I definitely do, but you might be surprised in my opinion. Oh, really? Okay, well, you know what? Let's fucking, we're, it's been going long enough. We can make it a little longer. Go okay, ahead. Okay, well, if you guys really want to hear this. I mean, listen. Um, and I don't want to get overly political. Do you think it's a bad idea? Um, I think maybe it might have been a little bit premature. Okay. And and I think, but, but, uh, let me tell you this. I, uh, went yesterday and re-upped my, uh, commercial driver's license. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, And, uh, (laughs) got my tags for, uh, my car. But now and you qualify for the COVID vaccine. So, well, and I probably qualify for a long time because of my medical issues. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was at two government agencies, um, and everybody's still requiring masks. Oh, yeah. So uh, Go to Uptown. 
<laughs> well, and the, you know, listen. Once again, I'm I'm a I'm a freedom of choice guy. You know what I'm saying? Once again, you know, when we come back to, you know, making a choice of your health and making it. Listen, if you do what you want to do when you do it. Okay. I mean, that's kind of the it's kind of the American way. You know, and I like I don't need government telling me what to do. But, but. And I've got the perfect response to that. Okay. So, but. Um, I'll tell you this, I, I, you know, personally, um, I, you know, when I'm going to, when I'm going in someplace, I'm probably going to put on a mask. Okay. And, and you know what? That is your personal freedom and it is your personal freedom not to wear a mask. But with that logic, Chris, and here's where I boom, hit it home and fucking end this I point. I wish you could see the excitement. Oh, I'm so Dan's, excited Dan's because thinks, this is. Dan thinks he's got it all figured this out. This is a beautiful motherfucking point. If people have the freedom not to wear a mask inside, then I have the freedom to smoke inside anywhere I fucking want to. Okay. You got no response to no, that, I dude. Do have oh, response. oh, okay, go ahead. Well, I do have responses because um, um, I know, should have the freedom people to are, smoke. People are probably familiar, and if you're not, I'll kind of fill you in. You know, I'm a card carrying member of uh, Six Goals Motorcycle Club. And that's uh, a, you, that was a shameless plug, but go ahead. But uh, <laughs> so, you know, I've got a lot of smokers in my in my club. I think they would agree with my point. Uh, they definitely would. However, because in the, Dallas County, ahead. you can't smoke in a restaurant. You can't smoke in a in a. In a and why is that? Because you're preventing what? Um, secondhand smoke, which has zero. Zero, zero cases of anyone getting cancer from secondhand smoke. Not true. No, no, no. Like they'll say, yeah, oh, this person got cancer, and they may blame secondary smoke, okay. but they have no facts that the secondary smoke actually caused it. With COVID, someone catching COVID, yes, they caught it from someone they were in a room with not wearing a mask. All right? But yet... People have the freedom not to wear a mask inside of a business. They have a freedom to walk around without the mask. And, however, I can't smoke inside because maybe, possibly, who knows, someone can catch cancer with secondary smoke. Well, you know, listen, I don't want you farting next to me either. You have no problem sitting next to my dog (laughs) (laughs) to do this podcast. That's because Ralphie's too dumb to know what he's doing. Yeah, I know. But no, but like my point but is, I, got, I, got, I see what you're saying, valid. but you know, and it is up to the business owner and everything like that. And and I think there's a lot. I think the the majority of business owners, especially in Dallas, um, are are you know, are like, you know, hey, you and, gotta wear a mask. But when it's these people that I see in fucking comment sections or Facebook videos, uh, fucking getting onto a business owner because he wants people to get a mask. It's those people I say, well, then I should be able to smoke inside. Okay, so uh, so I was at the uh, tax uh, office in Garland uh, getting my tags yesterday. and uh, I'm going to put this on Facebook, by the way, after we're done with the podcast. That's okay. I should be allowed to smoke inside now. <laughs> You're dumb, dumb. I would get back into smoking cigarettes, regardless of my teeth. If someone said you're allowed to smoke inside, because I miss that fucking feeling. I miss that feeling. It's Dan sucking on the vape. Dude, I miss that fucking feeling of doing open mic and being in the back of the room smoking and watching sets. Because I I knew my comics more when I didn't have to go outside to smoke a cigarette. I could just watch everybody set 
and everything. Now, I will say smoking outside got me a lot out of a lot of boring conversations I didn't want to have with open micers. I will fucking say that. It's like, oh, got to go outside now. I think Slade Hams would say the same fucking thing. That's what he misses about smoking. But, man, I would smoke cigarettes again if I was allowed to smoke inside because it made me watch other people's sets and made me and let me help younger comics or just help comics in general, help them tag their jokes and just whatever. Yeah, so... Uh, and all be- I can't smoke. We don't like the smell. Well, we had non-smoking yeah. sections and we had smoking sections. The issue was resolved, but they had to go fucking further, those non-smokers. Well, I, I got your point. I get your point. What uh, about mass sections and unmasked sections of restaurants? I guess that doesn't really matter, but, you know. Who cares? I get people have the freedom, but the fucking gall to be like, you know... This would have been this would have been fucking taken care so of. So I was at the tax office. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like talking about that. And we, and and there was a guy who uh, wasn't going to wear a mask, and they wouldn't let him in. Absolutely. And so the you know DPS officers that were standing there, they're like, "Hey man, you can't come in without a mask," you know. And I heard an older woman arguing the point too, which is the first person who ought to be wearing a mask. But listen, once again. The only person I can really control is me. Yeah. The only person I'm really responsible for is me and my kid. You can't help it if there's more on talking about. I get it. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think we, you know, it's not over with. I think we still need to be cautious. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but once again, I think, you know, I think everybody in America is probably trying to, feel a little but a little bit more normal well, although we need to be conscious there's of this people shit. not gonna go get vaccine because they think nano robots are in the fucking vaccine well i'm not that oh, weirdo they're, they're gonna fucking track us oh you mean with they're not gonna track you with that phone you carry around in your pocket that should you even mention a product that you need or just like hey you know what a uh a, a, i need a, a portable dvd player would be nice and then all of a sudden you have portable dvd players right. on your fucking facebook news right. feed that thing that thing's not tracking you who uses a dvd player i'm just anymore? i'm throwing a fucking <laughs> you know i'm throwing a fucking th- just a product out there like oh i need a universal remote control and then all of a sudden amazon has an ad right, on your facebook right, fucking new- right. like it listens to what you it say. happens i mean why I'll, the I'll be fuck would they you. need nanorobots and a vaccine just get uh, your fucking vaccine Listen, I don't want to experience the symptoms it gives. That's your fucking body working. That has nothing to do with the vaccine. So normally we don't get political here on the Counting Lights podcast. But this isn't more, this isn't political. This is just logic. People, I understand. People make logic into you, politics. You don't understand. Dan has an opinion. I'm trying to get us to fucking space. And we're not going to get to space. Do you want to live in Star Trek universe? Because that's where I want to live. Yeah, I'll never make that, bro. Bro, just traveling around in a fucking spaceship, listening to fucking Aerosmith. You don't want that shit? I want that shit. This is why people hate you, Dan. Why would people hate me? Because I want to jam out to dude looks like a lady while going fucking light speed in a fucking spaceship. If you hate me because I want that future, you can go fuck yourself. That sounds dope as fuck. So, I've gotten Dan a little riled up today. You know what else pisses me off? (laughs) Uh, Dan, tell them where they can get a hold of us. Shit, you can come to my apartment if you want to start some shit. I live at... No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can <laughs> follow, follow we didn't us. Even try, we didn't even talk about you trying to beat up the salesman. 
Oh, we can do that story real quick. Okay, so I get back from the vaccine. Maybe this will be this will make people hate me more. But this is just marriage Dan, in general. Dan threatened to rape a, a no. Whoa, I didn't. Door. I didn't threaten to rape anyone. Let's just calm that down. I threatened to. Did rip... Did you tell you you were going to skull fuck him or something? No, I said I was going to rip his throat. I was going to rip out his goddamn throat. So what happened was. Uh, Misty's going to work. We get back from the vaccine. I'm feeling pretty energetic. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I got my vaccine. I can go out and I can do whatever. Um, so Misty's walking out the door to go to work. There's a door-to-door salesman who's trying to sell water. This is fucking weird. Because uh, we can just get that from the sink. I don't know if you Dude, know. Dude, I didn't know there were still door-to-door salesmen. There's door-to-door salesmen. Oh, yeah, solicitors in apartment complexes. It's great. Um, so he's trying to sell her, and she's just like, I got to go to work. Sorry, blah, blah, goes downstairs. It's a fucking, they're a tandem. There's a two-man team, and the second guy is on the bottom floor. He tries to approach Misty. I got to go to work. And Misty, this is the story Misty told me, because she called me on the phone after it happened. She said uh, that he said, well, don't die on the way to work. Let's hope you don't die on the way to work. And I said, hold the fuck up. He said, what? Yeah, he told me. Uh, not to die on the way to work, and I just thought that was a fucked up thing to say to somebody because he did, she, you know, they didn't want your fucking product. So I get all fucking mad and razzled. In, in my, in in that person's defense, it's easy to get me riled up. <laughs> and he'd had the vaccine. I'd had the vaccine, so He's I was feeling like, like Superman. So I was like, man, I'm on super soldier serum right now. So I fucking, I was like, okay, call the apartment complex, tell them what they said to you. I'm gonna go have a little talk. She was just like, don't do this. I was like, no, fuck this, blah. Because there was a fucking situation with an old lady who said something to Misty, and I didn't fucking walk outside and find the old lady, so I was harping on that. So anyway, so they're upstairs, both of them. I go up there, they're talking to my upstairs neighbor. I'm like, hey, which one of you said to my wife not to die on the way to work? And they're like, uh, uh, no, 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 which one of you fucking said that? And uh, Fucking, just because she doesn't want to buy your fucking water that she can get from the fucking faucet. If I see you guys in this building again, I'm ripping your goddamn throats out. And then my neighbor was just like, okay, gonna close the door. <laughs> gonna close the door now. They fucking said, sorry, they're leaving. I get back into the apartment. Misty calls like five minutes later. And I'm just like, hey, sweetie, don't call the apartment complex because I just started a scene. I'm fi- feeling all badass. And she's like, well, you know, now that I think about it, <laughs> now that I'm thinking it over, he brought up my Stephen King book. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, well, I was walking with my Stephen King book. And he said, you're reading Stephen King? And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, don't die on the way to work. I was like, oh, my God, he was making a Stephen King joke because that's an old joke. <laughs> That if that Stephen King books are cursed and shit, that's an old joke. I immediately knew what he was referencing. I was like, oh, sweetie, I just made myself look like a fucking asshole. Damn, you're a hothead, man. Uh, no, but she had told me. <laughs> I know, bro. Anyways, so that's the moral to the story. Get the full story before you just totally, like, scare a bunch of 20-something salesmen. Yeah, and Dan says fucking, wear a mask, too. Wear a fucking mask. You should always wear a mask. No, we've gotten the full story on the fucking mask thing. Don't you be like that. We've gotten the full story. Ah, uh, Dan, Regardless, tell them they can get a hold of us. Uh, my address is... Um, <laughs>
<laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at counting underscore lights. And if you want to email me and uh, fucking send a message to me and shit and tell me how wrong I am, our email is countinglightspodcast at gmail.com. This is Counting Lights Podcast, probably our more riled <laughs> episode we've ever had. He's Chris Germany. Uh, that's Dan Dan. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast. We're wrestling, comedy, and anything fucking else. Lock up. <laughs> <laughs>